0: Sir, we promised you a great here oh, It is the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. You know what I'm talking about, of course. It's called Cheap Heat. I am Peter Rosenberg, and I'm joined, as always, by the physically large, physically strong, physically ready, and statless. Stat Guy Greg, a.k.a. Uptown Malcolm. How are you, Greg? <laughs> statless
1: is a bit presumptuous. We'll see if I'm statless by the end of the episode. But you're probably right. I'm doing you know great,
0: right, though. You know, I would, love for, I would love for you to prove me wrong. I think the whole GP universe would be thrilled for you to come with some big-time stats today. Um, however, we may not even need that many stats because there are so many things to discuss as we take in the Royal Rumble The fallout from the Royal Rumble. An unbelievable NXT. But before we get to any of that, SGG, we have to start with what happened outside the ring. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And
0: the biggest biggest news from outside the ring is
1: something that we alluded to last week, and it wasn't made official until after we were off the air. It's the XFL.
0: Oh, I forgot. I guess we do have to update that slightly, given that we have more information than we had. Um, so, Greg, what, what was your number one takeaway from the press conference as opposed to what we said here on GP or your top takeaways?
1: My top takeaway was that it how disjointed it felt. Um, and it, it felt weird. And I, honestly, I think it feels like it's almost set up for failure again, but just a different type of failure than uh, than what we saw last time. Um He's gonna. He said he's not gonna be ready until twenty twenty. So it seems to be that he's giving himself time to prepare. But I think that uh, trying to take advantage of this political climate and the ex- and and giving the uh, people an alternative to the NFL through the XFL is a mistake. But um, it seems to be a mistake that he's he's gonna make. Um, and I say that because. Two two things struck me about the press conference was, one, when he said that, um, you know, it wasn't going to be any politics involved. They were going to keep politics out of it. But then when asked about um, the national anthem, he immediately t- he took the bait and he injected politics in it not that long after.
0: How did he inject politics when asked about the anthem? Well, when I when I when I the part I heard when he was asked about it, he wouldn't directly answer on the anthem. He just said there'd be a lot of different rules in place and people would have to follow them.
1: Right. And he he did say that one of the rules would be, um, you know, that he would want his players to stand for the anthem. And I think I think that that right there was a, was a mistake. And it, he risked alienating a lot of people because, you know, you don't want to tell people you don't want to force a political position onto people. You know what I mean? You don't want to force, especially your position. And uh, if he came out of the gate to say that the XFL would be a place where they wouldn't do that, to, turn, to then turn around and do that, I think
0: it uh, was a mixed message, to say the least. I think we'd all be silly if we thought that he wasn't trying to capitalize on the fact that there are a lot of people who put up, are put off by the NFL. And one of the things they're put off by is the national anthem protest. Um, I don't think... I don't think it's coincidental. I mean, listen, he's wanted to do this for a long time, it seems like, and that's what he said, is that since the doors closed on the other one, he's wanted to do this. However, I do think he sees it as an opportunity with people upset about it, and I guess I wasn't that surprised by it. Um, you know, it may not be the demo that I would be going after if I was trying to promote something for me. Um but I do think that's – I wasn't surprised. It's what I thought was the plan. And I'll say this, though. I guess I was – when he was asked whether or not Kaepernick could play, and he said, hey, as long as you play football and follow the rules, you can play. Um, listen, I wouldn't call that some sort of risky thing to say, but at the same time, that makes it pretty clear that Kaepernick could play. And Kaepernick has already declared – that he was not going to do an anthem protest anymore, that he was he had completed his anthem protest. Not that Colin Kaepernick's going to be running out to play in this league. However, it is by him answering it that way, which basically says Kaepernick could play. Um, there are people within that first group who could be annoyed that he said that. Um but, obvious, but obviously he has to have that line open. It would be totally unreasonable to say, oh, yes, these are the rules, but Colin Kaepernick cannot play because he once protested the flag, the pro- once protested the anthem in another league. So, you know, listen, it, I think we all know we, – and we all know the politics of the McMahons is conservative. That's been obvious given the history of, of Linda running for office and uh, what, we've, what we've heard of Vince McMahon's politics before – So, like, at first when it was happening, I heard people telling me, like, oh, my gosh, this is so, you know, they almost overstated to me, um, I thought, how right-wing it was. Um, And when I heard it, I was like, listen, I know that he's making a play on these people who are annoyed by football and the political protests. But at the same time, I understood why it was shrewd business-wise, and as long as, as long as the rules are consistent, I got to tell you, I know this may not sound like it's in line with what people think is my politics. I don't have a problem with a league that says you have to stand for the anthem. I don't at all. My, my only problem is inconsistency. That's my problem. If you start out with a league and you go, that's our rules in this league, and the NFL had had that as a true, tried-and-true, built-in rule, I don't think there was any argument to have. We got into a lot of murky water with the Kaepernick thing because they had these halfway rules. And now you had teams trying to decide, and then as a result, you could see the political leanings of all the teams. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with the league that requires people to stand for the national anthem, um, but I do need people to be consistent.
1: That's where we would differ, though. I would have a problem with the league telling or, or anybody telling anybody that they have to um, stand for like the national anthem, the pledge of allegiance, or anything like that. Like, but um, I, I also think. It, like you said, it wasn't surprising, but I don't think it was that shrewd either. I think everybody's overestimating just how many um, conservatives might have been turned off by to the NFL by, by the anthem protests. Um, I don't think it's enough to sustain a, a whole new football league. I don't think it's enough to attract them to a whole new football league, especially if... Um, they're not playing to the level of NFL athletes, which that's well, well, also well hold concerning. on but Greg,
0: that that presumes that's the only appeal of the league if that's all you're going for, no, you do not have enough room to do that i I think that i think I think he I think he assumes that will appeal to a specific group of people that he's happy to get, but if that's what you're going for, then that would be a miscalculation, and to your point, you know listen, if you had gone the other way and said. I believe in a league where people can do whatever they want blah 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 you know you'd be appealing to a lot of people who also a miscalculation but you'd be appealing to the other side of people who are protesting the NFL in support of Colin Kaepernick so appealing to either one outright i i don't think is going to do enough to sustain anything you have to you have to if he's hoping to be successful here put together a product on the field that people want to see and that, that let's let's get down. that's ultimately what it comes down to. That that was um that was just a little note to try to uh, gain those supporters. And again, those aren't the people I would necessarily be going for myself. But that is what that is for. And ultimately, the purpose here should be to good to put good football on the field. Because if you put good football on the field and you offer it in a cool way as far as consumption, how it's done digitally, et cetera, and you lower the standards from what the expectations were the first time around, I think there is the opportunity to, to get a few seasons out of this and see if you have a chance. But at number one, starts with putting a a, a product on the field that people
1: want to see. And I, and I agree with everything you said 100%. Um, the only thing that I disagree with about the strategy was taking that stance, so like tipping his hand in that way um, so early, you know what I mean? And to be fair, he was asked these questions. He, he didn't volunteer um, any of this information. And I think, you know, what I would have advised him to do, like if this comes up, is just say that um, we I'm going to put together a committee and we're going to explore the best way to go about this. We want to appeal to everybody because everybody should get to enjoy the game of football. And I don't have an answer for you right now. But by giving an answer, he locked himself into a position that I don't think he wants to be in as a businessman. I I think that's
0: that's a great point. I, I I think that's a totally good point. There were other things he didn't have an answer to. I don't think you had to have an outright answer on this. I think if he had stuck with the original, the one rule that I thought was a headline, noteworthy, interesting, and appealing to people on all sides potentially is saying no one with any criminal record can play at all. I think he could have come out with that and not come out with anything else um, because that is – that issue mostly I, I think affects people who are upset with the amount of domestic abusers they've seen active in the NFL, right? And right. I, so I think coming out with that is, is a big statement that kind of may have even gotten overlooked a bit because people were talking about the other stuff. When I think that's actually a more yeah. inter, a more interesting storyline is like, listen, if you he said straight up, Johnny Manziel cannot be in this league. It was basically decided the opening press conference, Johnny Manziel cannot play, and Colin Kaepernick <laughs> could play. Right, right. So that is an yep. interesting that's an interesting dynamic that kind of ends up getting overlooked. But listen, I'll tell you what, just from the standpoint of my fascination and our fascination with Vince McMahon, like I said last week, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, um, and I do think it's good that he decided to give it about two years um, because that's what it takes to to give this a a legitimate opportunity, not less than 10 months or whatever it was last time. All right, SGG, what else else outside the ring?
1: That was the biggest news, and I think my next piece of news rolls us right in perfectly into the weekend um, and the week that was, which is Ronda Rousey apparently signed a full-time contract with the WWE uh, she's scheduled to start in February,
0: just in time for us. So that, that's interesting. I had not heard. I did hear full time contracts, I did hear several years. What I had not heard was February, because what I was surprised by was her not appearing on Raw the night after the Rumble. You know, I almost expected. I almost yeah, expected. I, I was
1: surprised because I heard about the movie.
0: Right, but I mean, it's just one more day, you know. And I, I sort of thought like. She gave us the spiel about how committed she is to this. I sort of thought we'd see her night one. By the way, we love to get your tweets. I've been running into so many people in the streets, even out here in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl. So many people hit me with hashtag with a life, but not enough tweets about just actual wrestling conversation. Also, love all the emails everyone sends to Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. I read all of them, and I appreciate it. But don't forget to tweet us at Rosenberg Radio at StatGuyGreg. With the exception of the huge war machine situation, I've generally been pretty disciplined um, online <laughs> by the way i should say i should say from outside the ring two things in peter rosenberg news met war machine over the weekend how is he um i he's fantastic he's fanta- i got to tell you though huge literally the size of two men um i i hung out with him uh, backstage at NXT Had a great conversation about the name, about what happened, about how now in some ways I'm always going to be tied to them. Um, Cool dudes. Had a totally blunt conversation about not really knowing their work, how the name came about, um, their own funny insight on the name stuff. And anyways, it was a great conversation. Posted a picture with them on my Instagram and Twitter, Rosenberg Radio. And then also, Ange Gold. Um, who's supposed to be working on a show with me, and I think only spends his time reading wrestling news. Um, <laughs> told us earlier today, told us earlier today an interesting anecdote from Jerry Lawler's podcast about me that I have not heard yet. Um, I don't want to get into the details of what was said on the podcast, but it was an interesting story that he told that I had not heard previously. Um, involving a conversation between him and Mark Henry. About me that I was not aware happened, so that was pretty interesting. And then lastly, in Rosenberg wrestling news, did you get a chance to check out my um, my my spot with uh, Sammy and KO from the kickoff show?
1: I did not. I, he spoke about it on the on the podcast though. The King did, so I, I have the gist of what happened. And I do want to see it because it sounded it sounded interesting to say the least.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, your boy Ko coming right after me. High heat, high heat from Ko refused to talk to me on the kickoff show, and and tried to push forward the rumors that I pay to be on the kickoff show because he's a bad guy. <laughs> Kevin Owens. And so, anyways, uh, that was if you haven't gotten a chance to watch the kickoff show, go on the WWE YouTube or network and watch the interview that we had with Sammy and Ko. And I'll also say at the end of the kickoff show. We had an interview with Flair that was awesome. You know what the best thing about this version of the Natch is? What's that? Nature at this point, Nature at this point in life only knows how to shoot. That is, that's great. Cause you know what though, we need, we like need you more you ask of that. him, a, you ask him a question. You ask him a question. It's like even if you ask him a question, that's like, you know, talk about strategy in the Royal Rumble. And Nate will be like, I'll tell you what, you know, you work hard for your career. I came from down south and you see these other guys. Like He instantly gets into just real life storytelling. He he does not work. He just tells stories and it's awesome. So I got to tell you, it was actually kind of a highlight of everything I've done so far to be sitting at that kickoff table. And for 10 minutes as the crowd screaming, you got to go back. The crowd, you were in there already. The crowd for the last 10 minutes of the kickoff show. It's the clock's counting down, and every time it goes 10, 9, the whole crowd was chanting as if it was the Royal Rumble. And if you go watch it on the, the kickoff atmosphere show – there was crazy. Oh, it was amazing. So if you go watch that, you can hear the crowd while we're doing the Flair interview. It was a highlight. SGG, the word on the street is NXT TakeOver is back, and I have to agree. What were your thoughts on Saturday night?
1: Oh yeah, I don't think it ever left, but it definitely, it definitely. Oh my god, they set the bar so high for the for everything that was to come. Royal Rumble, Raw, SmackDown, and I think, I mean, this is going to sound like hyperbole, but I assure you that it is not. The main event, um, Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano, that was a match of the year contender like an early match of the year contender already. And I, I promise you, if it had taken place in Japan, uh, Meltzer would have given it seven stars. It was one of the best matches I've ever seen live. And it's one of the best matches you'll see live on the network. Um, this year, you a few years from now, it was that good. Instant classic.
0: I I absolutely I absolutely loved it. Um I was I was taken aback. But listen, I actually thought there were some stumbles in the early part of the night, if I'm being totally honest with you. Um, it was not a flawless pay-per-view. Velveteen Dream and Cassius Ono was a little bit sloppy, um, I thought. Ember um, Moon and Shayna Baszler, cool. What, did you, how, how would you rate that match?
1: Yeah, it, I didn't appreciate it as much in the arena, as you do when you um, when you watch it back, you know they told a they told a good story when you watch it back. But in the arena, and I don't know if that's just virtue of how like the NXT takeovers are set up, where they give you so many good matches in a row that you don't have time to take a break. So like you you just take that break when your body and your adrenaline come adrenaline comes down on its own. So I didn't really appreciate that match as much as I did. Um, when you watch it back and you see the story that they told,
0: um, yeah, I got I got to go back and for, watch um, it again. Adam Cole, Alistair Black, Extreme Rules, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, which one of them again? Which one of them again took the bump off the chair the other way, the way we've never seen the chair like uh, uh, perpendicular? That was that was Adam
1: Cole, and <laughs> that's one of that's one of the things I loved about I that remember. match too, because um. Alistair Black set, set up the tables and then he ended up going through the tables and then Adam Cole set up the chairs and he ended up taking that nasty bump, um on oh. the chairs and it was just like, this is incredible, like these guys come up with these different ways to torture their opponent and it ends up being the architect of their own, own misery here and like it's brutal and it was fantastic and even, uh, I think Adam Cole's thumb, I don't know if it was split open or how deep it was split or oh, yeah, how it was split open but,
0: the medical crew
1: too and
0: like they, to they were on it. it like that yeah they got out there wrapped it and he continued and again you normally see a match like that and the idea that the match that comes right afterwards could surpass it just unlikely and um Cian almas against Gargano was just phenomenal um shout out to thea Trinidad Zelina Vega um who's doing such a great job i mean she has a chance to be so mage Which leads us into um, the Rumble because I popped so big when Sien came out and Zelina came out screaming with him. It was just (laughs) one of those moments. And Listen, I admit there's a personal part of that because I've known her for so long and she's been through so many trials and tribulations to get there. But that energy that she has, that she always has when she leads him down the ramp. Yo, she's like the closest thing we have to Bobby Heenan with like the yelling and talking in her wrestler's ear.
1: Yeah, and and I, I like that she has no issues getting involved with the match either. Like, that was another wrinkle to the um, to the main event that I think made it awesome because um, Gargano's wife is sitting at ringside and has to watch this woman interfere and put hands on her man to the point where she's fed up. It, it was all incredible. Like the the little pieces that were just put in place all came together so so nicely in that main
0: event. It was absolutely awesome. Um, so, okay, let's 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 break down the Royal Rumble here. I I don't think there's a whole lot of time we need to spend on the tag matches, on uh, the 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 handicap match. I think the only things to talk about truly are the two Rumble ma- matches and the triple threat. And we'll talk about the triple threat first. Um, a, a sort of clunky, weird match in a weird spot because it's between rumble matches. But so I was running around and I missed. Were you guys able? You guys were in very close major seats. Were you able to see the brief moment live when Braun and Brock were really going after each other?
1: Um, I didn't notice it live. I, I but I got a ton of texts and tweets about it. And um when you watch it back, it, it looked like they were really like they were real stiff with each other pause.
0: It's that moment, if you haven't somehow seen it, you've been busy with a life all week, go look right now. Just Google the knee with the uppercut. Yeah, with the straight right. Go go look up go look up uh just Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman on, on Google and plenty of people posted the clip if you haven't seen it. It's relatively early in the ma- match, Braun hits Brock with just a ridiculous knee to the face that's just way too stiff. Any other normal mortal man you think – I think I think almost anyone else on the roster would have been unconscious. I mean Brock Lesnar – I would agree with that. He's a beast, literally. I mean I, I, otherwise I think everyone else goes to sleep. So after Brock gets caught and, and you can tell momentarily – I mean really momentarily because he's Brock Lesnar sh- – um, rattled. He then throws the fastest uppercut I've ever seen Brock Lesnar throw, even in a, even <laughs> yep. even in shoot UFC matches. He threw a beautiful uppercut that gets a bronze attention, and then right behind the uppercut, he throws a straight. I mean, a bra- a legitimate shoot Brock Lesnar strike to the face. The combination. The combination just completely. Rattles Braun and then Brock basically screams, you need to calm down. And Brock basically does the veteran move of this big fella's going way too hard. Nope. You ain't doing it to me. And after that, I don't think there were no issues after that, right? I think they did, they did trade a
1: couple of shots after like they worked stiff from that point on from what I read, but that, that sequence, I can't even can't even call it a sequence cuz it wasn't planned it wasn't anything, but like you said it was it was crazy and I think like you said um a mere mortal that knee would have knocked them out that uppercut straight right combination would have knocked them out though and they traded that like it was I don't want to say like it was nothing because they were both stunned but the ease with which they recovered is um frightening a Jace it's, so, it's sort of scary how how quickly they were able to shrug it off
0: yeah I mean bruh those guys right there man special I need, I need to go back and watch again um, but it actually I was trying to think when was the last time we had a moment like that in a match that you can remember us clearly being able to see I do not know me neither tweet us that at Rosenberg radio I'm thinking Ask about Goldberg
1: Graham. and William Regal
0: oh yeah but
1: but that wasn't – they weren't like throwing punches. William Regal was just out wrestling the kid. He took a knee to the face and then he came back and let him know, like like you said, that it's not going to happen like that tonight. Like that's not what we're doing here.
0: Whew. Anyways, um, before we get into the Men's Royal Rumble, there's a deal I need you guys all to pay attention to, okay? I want to introduce you to a new product from a sports nutrition brand. Called Force Factor, a supplement called Alpha King. It's their latest and greatest free testosterone booster backed by legend Bo Jackson. Yes, you know Bo Jackson. Everyone. Bo knows Bo. Everyone knows Bo. The one and only. Alpha King. It's a powerful impact product, all right? It helps guys over 40 increase energy, build lean muscle in the gym, amplify passion and drive, enhance performance, and reclaim their masculinity, which is something we all need to do, don't we, SGG? Now, who doesn't want to do all that? Force Factors is a trusted brand. They've been around for nearly a decade. GNC recently bestowed upon them their coveted Breakout Brand of the Year award. They know what they're doing and they create great formulas. Alpha King is also different than other boosters because it contains a patented new ingredient called Alpha Fen, which has been shown to absorb better in the body than the ingredients that most other free test boosters use. That means it works quickly and you can only find Alpha Fen in Alpha King, all right? Plus, Alpha King is so powerful, you only need to take one small capsule per day. Easy. And Bo Jackson takes it, all right? So listen up. Go get a full month supply of Alpha King at GNC, but you can also get a complimentary two week sample directly from Force Factor by texting Royal to 809 809. That's Royal, R O Y A L, to 809 809. Okay? So get out of your phone and text the word Royal to 809 809 and give it a free two week sample, all right? Now, As we continue on to the Royal Rumble matches, SGG. I posted this on Twitter the other day. When was the last time you saw a Rumble that good? Where do you place it in Rumbles over the last, well, really over forever? It's hard to place
1: it. like, Because I don't know how much of my feelings about the Rumble is based on The total experience that I got to have, you know, being in the arena, you know, with the rest of the of the fans in Philly and soaking in the atmosphere. But when it ended, it felt like I just watched one of the best rumbles of all time to me, Um, which is saying a lot because and we're going to get to the women's rumble. But I feel like as the women even surpassed the men. With uh with their rumble and how, how well executed it was and how much I how much fun I had with, with the women's rumble um so I, but but speaking specifically about the men it, it has to be like you know, I think so too I think
0: definitively top five um a lot of people when I was asking best rumbles since when a lot of people were coming at me with ninety eight uh you know 01, uh, 97 um, And it, To me I was just So damn impressed Right out of the gate I thought Rusev and Finn Balor Phenomenal Absolutely Love that as a start Aiden English coming out and singing It's just a great start Um, And then of course Just talk about some early stuff first Before we get to it the Heath Slater spot, well done. Like, you got to have things like that. Well, not just the, the
1: Baron Corbin spot, if you really want to call it that, where, like, he resets the he resets the table. He knocks everybody out. He knocks them out of the ring. Um, obviously not over the top, but he lays everybody out. And as Heath Slater's coming down, um, he doesn't even realize what's about to hit him. And that sets up the the Heath Slater spot where everybody everybody takes their cheap shots on the way to the ring which i i loved i loved it i mean i know he's got kids and you don't want to see anybody um get the short end of the stick like that but i i
0: loved to see them one by one just come down and attack him oh it was awesome and yeah i was i was actually thinking the corbin thing separately but you're right it was together and i thought it was a good spot for corbin you know i thought corbin was going to have a longer run in the rumble just cuz i thought like you know the way the year started We got to see that they've got, they're not giving up. And when he got eliminated rather quickly, I was like, oh, maybe not. And, and then to have him just taking it out on everybody, I thought was a, again, here's the number one thing when I was watching old rumbles leading up to this one. And people overstate this when we're talking about matches, because a lot of times you don't know what it means when you say it, but I think with the rumble, it's more obvious and that's telling stories with your match. And in the rumble, it's very clear because there's two ways you can have a match like this. You can have like a battle royal where everything's totally random, or you can work storylines throughout the match. And in both rumbles, but I think particularly the men's rumble, the stories were told. Um, a a lot of people's stories.
1: Yeah, stories in particular is a good word because like the Heath Slater Heath Slater's journey even to the ring is is was a story. Um. And it wasn't like a 10-second story like everybody else that got their entrance. It was, it was like a real a real saga for him um, through a bunch of different entrances. Big E even fed him pancakes at one point before he got a chance to get in the ring. And then he finally gets in. And then he gets an elimination. Um, he eliminates Sheamus really quickly. And you feel that excitement for him. Like, yo, it took me so long to get to this moment. Everybody else has been fighting. I finally got elimination. Like, you felt that excitement for him. He... Celebrated like he won, um he got eliminated right after that but but that even in itself was like a nice a nice little story um and then towards the end, I don't want to fast forward too much. You had the old guys versus the young guys or the old guys versus the new guys, rather with um Cena orton and Ray standing tall, facing off against um Roman Finn and Nakamura, which was a
0: nice then and then, nice and then did see. and then did Roman and Cena team up team up momentarily too Are you, they did listen we, yeah. you got a final four that I think was awesome um that's exactly who you'd want um Cena reigns Nakamura Balor i I could have used a few more surprises and I argued with some with Zach our buddy zach linder about this because you know he's like oh you know there are a few surprises i i don't consider i loved seeing adam cole and almas in it but those aren't surprises to me at this point a couple of nxt guys no i mean it's cool it, so? it, it's a pop it's not a surprise i mean they work there like
1: they do but i mean especially after the night that those two had on saturday um adam Cole almost lost his thumb and then almost got broken in half and then you think he's gonna show up in the royal rumble i didn't i'm glad he did but i didn't think he was gonna pop how about up. this
0: maybe surprising but i don't consider it a like surprise entrant he wrestled in the same ring the night before like I, it's just not it's just not what i'm looking for and we'll get to it because that's to me what made the the women's rumble so great because the Women's Rumble, because it was the first one ever, the Women's Rumble had the advantage of every first-time surprise. Everyone was the first time. We've never seen it before. So they were able to do, they were able to do, like, everything. Like, I popped, like, eight times for in the women's match in terms of a surprise entrance. Um, who did you pop for most in the women's match Returning.
1: Um, Molly Holly. I wasn't expecting her to see her, um, her at all. Um, and she's a name, like some of the names we sort of expected might, might show up. Um, and I'm pretty sure that last week when we were running through the names of the women who might show up, I, I like the Bella twins too. They they were my favorite surprise just because of how they were utilized. Um, they came in back to back and then they immediately teamed up and went to work on, basically everybody. Um, my favorite elimination of the night was when the Bella Twins eliminated Sasha Banks just because of how cool that looked. Um, but the point of, I was going to make about Molly Holly and her being so shocking was I think I said last week that um, she was a school teacher or she was doing something and I thought like because of that she would definitely be unavailable. Um, and yet there she was with everybody else. Um, Miss Jackie too, that was a cool surprise. Um, Lita... I think Lita was probably up there with the coolest too, just because um, on her arm she had uh, two names, maybe more, but there's two that I definitely noticed um, on her arm it was Luna and China. So it was like it was cool to see her um, carry the spirit of those two women with her into the Royal Rumble because um, they didn't get to see, they didn't get to see this, and they didn't get to be a part of this, and they. For sure, would have wanted to be part of this. If, if China was still, still alive.
0: alive, the odds of her winning it or being in the final four is so high. I think Stephanie like McMahon think that. gave China a shout out during the match, which I thought was promising in terms of the future of China and her legacy with the WWE. When it comes to surprise, I pop, yeah, I love Molly Holly, especially because the best part about Molly Holly was that like she has the ultimate mom cut, and then she shows up and. And was just awesome still. Looked great. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Tori Wilson was better than I expected. I mean, the funny part is, if Tori Wilson had been in a Royal Rumble in 2007, she probably wouldn't have gotten any eliminations. Um, but she actually kind of seems better and more credible now because she's become like this fitness guru. So Tori Wilson actually, I think, appears more credible in 2018. Um You know, obviously I was happy my girl Kelly Kelly got a great pop when she came down, and she lasted for a little while. Lita was a total – I mean, Lita did a great job working people because she complained about not being invited to Raw 25. And uh, once that happened, I started thinking, oh, didn't we talk about it on the podcast last week? I did, right? I said I did expect Lita to come back. Um, And then, you know, at the end, I ended up being totally shocked by Trish. And that was another cool part was that by then you're expecting Rousey. Now the result I thought because everyone expected Rousey, was that when it was Trish, her pop was a little muted because people were confused. I thought it was hard to
1: gauge though just because there was so many like so success. So but I just
0: think she would have gotten, so gotten the biggest one. I thought she would have gotten the biggest one. It felt like people hadn't expected Rousey there, um, and I think they were a little bit confused when they got Trish, but. Trish was really good. Um, did you happen to see the Twitter clip of the terrible moment of of uh, Sasha throwing kicks at, at Lita? I think it was. No, Not I great. didn't. Not a great moment. Did it did it look bad as in terms of like 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 she legit legit like six inches away on like three kicks in a row, and then you like see her looking the other direction. Like, she's looking the other way. Like, she's trying to figure out if there's, like, something else. It just looked very inexperienced is what it looked like. Like, you were thinking about something else that was going on and trying to kick. And the result was just... I'll tell you, it wasn't my favorite night for Sasha. Like, considering she got a great spot. You know, she comes in first um, and lasts, like, 55 minutes. But with the exception of the Bailey moment... And then she got to eliminate Trish too, I think. Um, with the exception of that, you know, listen, she was clear. She's clearly turning heel, right? Which is a good thing. It's it's time for Sasha to be Sasha. This character to be what it really should be in the first place. Because that character, that fake R and B sort of star, should be is a bad guy. I mean, by nature, like that's what the the vibe is, and. And so it, I'm excited for that. I was particularly excited for the Bailey elimination. But I don't know about you, SGG. Um, but I found that there was a time. I know the role of the heelish person in that is to kind of hide a bit and disappear. But it just felt like there were times when she was just uninspired. I, I just felt like there were times when like I wasn't. I didn't feel the moment for someone who's supposed to be. A, it, you know, when someone does a 55 minute run. I just feel like I should have came away feeling different and maybe it's that I noticed those kicks in person which I did and that made me like I don't don't know maybe that maybe
1: maybe I feel like I'm not going to take it away from her that like she rested a little bit after being there for an hour or around an hour because literally every person who's done the time that she's done in the ring or who's broken 45-50 minutes has done exactly what she did which is spend a good amount of time um, resting from Ric Flair to Bob Backlund to the to he who shall not be named uh, Chris Benoit they all rested now some of them were resting in the corner um, she chose to rest outside the ring so I'm not going to fault her for that but um I, I I didn't notice what you were saying about her seeming uninspired but if if that is the case then I can see why um, that would take away a little bit from her accomplishment of the. Yeah, listen, uh, go back and watch it.
0: I, I, you know, I'm, I think she's one of the. I think she's in the top three best women wrestlers in the company. You know, so my expectations for her are are very high. Um, and but like I said, the Bailey moment is big, and it wasn't capitalized on. Was there even any mention of it on Monday? <sighs> no. So weird. But, There's... but I think that's because that's to be expected though. Yeah, a lot um, wasn't mentioned. Roman had a
1: similar moment. Roman had a similar moment. Um, he tossed Seth Rollins right out. Yep. And, um, they kind of smiled at each other and they knew what it was. And like that, that was that, you know, um, I don't think they're going to mention it just because they've hammered in our head over the past, uh, 30 odd years that it's every man for himself.
0: So. Sometimes you're going to do that. I got to tell you, though, I just generally love the booking for the women's match. It was the – listen, the wrestling was better in the men's match. I think you saw people who were more experienced um, taking the taking the bump over the top rope, working that kind of match, period. But when it comes to like the amount of surprises, fun stories, cool eliminations, I, I, I let me put it this way. I've already watched the women's match well, since I got back. I have not watched the men's match yet. I loved the women's match i just thought it was i popped so big so many times i popped for um kelly kelly i popped for um vicky guerrero i popped for um the, <laughs> that was amazing that was made totally made i popped for the bellas big time i popped for trish i popped for nikki eliminating brie i loved the work how about Asuka, how Asuka may- <laughs> dragging Nikki out of the ring by her injured neck?
1: Yeah, that was scary. But what I was going to say, too, though, is like, how many times is Brie going to get screwed over by by Nikki before she gets the point? that Like, yo, this is your twin sister, but she is not your friend when you step into 20 by 20. It's
0: uh, so you know funny. What I mean? She
1: turned heel on her. She tossed her out at this first Women's Royal Rumble and they could have been in the
0: final two together. I know. I remember, she once said to her, "I she wish you died." She don't love you like that. She wish. She once said, "I wish you died in the womb." <laughs> right. You guys, she don't love you like that. When it
1: comes time, when the bell rings, it's it's, it's <laughs> She's over. She's not
0: to be trusted. Um, no. Really, really enjoyed. I <laughs> um, uh, really enjoyed the Oscar elimination of Nikki too. How they wrestled out on the apron and then kicked her off. I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, and um, like you said, the the little moments in the women's rumble. I like that. Um, Oscar and Ember Moon kind of came face to face. Oh, that was great! Yes, um, you know, and I like that Trish and, and Mickey James did the same thing a little bit later, and um, you could tell the Philly crowd. Hold on, hold on, remembered and, Beth, and appreciated and Beth, that
0: Beth Phoenix and Natalya. Yeah,
1: like I like the I like all of those little moments. How about like,
0: how about the little three minutes that Beth Phoenix and Nia Jax had? Wasn't that incredible? Like, it was, it, and also let's that talk about that's, that's, Nia Jax let's talk about a dream match. Oh, yeah, and Nia did so much to establish herself, I believe, in this match. I just think Nia became that much more credible. I thought it was a great great showing for her uh, as well. So, man, in general, there was so much. I just loved it. I absolutely loved the women's match. If somehow you didn't see it, congratulations, you played yourself. Um, I pop for it big. Um, Obviously, the match ends... And I really thought it was over. Um, I really did. And then things got both exciting and a bit clunky. Um as as Ronda Rousey comes out. Now cool story. Ronda Rousey came out wearing Roddy Piper's actual jacket, which is pretty dope.
1: Yeah, I thought that was I think that was cool too. Which which explains it for everybody else who was wondering why why that jacket was so big and baggy. It's because it like you said, it was Roddy Piper's actual jacket.
0: Now it obviously worked. the crowd loved it. everyone went crazy. okay, that's dope. However, I was a little confused about who Ronda Rousey is supposed to be. She's like the smiling sweet teenager like kind of vibe. I didn't get it, but then also she
1: tried to be bad I think I think she straddled that line and not in a way that was done well um and like the the issue that you're having is the same issue that I had. And it's crystallized in the moment right at the end um, when she's walking back and she's smiling and she's waving to the crowd. And she literally turns around, does a complete 360 and then points back at the WrestleMania sign with like stone faced. And it's like, which one is it? Are you happy to be here or like, did you come
0: to cause problems? Because you're trying to do both and you can't do both. And she mistimed her point to the to the WrestleMania sign. First of all, the whole pointing at the WrestleMania sign over the course of the last couple days has been unbearable. Um, we're not going to have time to spend on Raw or SmackDown this week, but a lot of – let me sum it up for you. A lot of pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Um, so yeah, I just was like confused. She looked like she was like rebellious teenager, especially coming out to the song she came out to, which is like it felt like I was watching an episode of Freaks and Geeks. It was just <laughs> weird. Um I'm a little confused by what that character is supposed to be.
1: I was gonna say before anybody jumps on you about that comment, I I, I agree um with your sentiment about her theme song, but that is her theme song that she's
0: been using in uh in MMA for years. Um, and that's great. And I watched most of her MMA career. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't know if I want to do anything that holds on to that either. Because guess how the last few results were in MMA? Well, that's why she's Not here. That tough. So well, that's part of the reason why she's here. So um, maybe it was time for a fresh, maybe a fresh start, maybe a fresh start, a slightly more gangster song. But anyways, um, listen, obviously the crowd really reacted to it. And... They got to have the women's Rumble moment. Now, listen, do I think it overshadowed Asuka a little bit anyway? Yes, I do. I still think it sort of over, uh, outshadowed, overshadowed what the girls did. Um, you know, I would not have hated after an amazing Rumble. I would not have hated some sort of announcement, you know, like at the end of the Rumble saying, you have to tune into Monday Night Raw tomorrow at 8 o'clock sharp. We have a major announcement or something. And then she opens that. You know, I wouldn't have hated that. Um, I don't know that we needed it like this. But like I said, it was generally... The the combination of the two Rumble matches made it one of my favorite pay-per-views in years. And I'm excited to see what Ronda Rousey can do. But I'm not going to lie to you, SGG, and I know this wouldn't be popular. I have concerns about Ronda. And concerns less with in-ring, because I think they can figure out in-ring for her, I think she can work a woman's Brock lesnar style of, like, just tough, ground-and-pound, looking, like, a realistic fighter. And she can learn it over time. My bigger concern with her is the mic, to be honest with you. I agree. Um, I agree.
1: And especially, I mean, especially after Sunday. And I know they didn't put a mic in her hand. But if she fell apart like that with no mic... I-, I shudder to think what she'll do when they actually put a mic on her hand um live on Monday Night Raw, which is probably exactly where she's gonna end up. I don't see a reason for her to go to SmackDown unless she goes after Charlotte. Um
0: I yeah, it's it doesn't look promising. It's gonna take some time. And uh also she would have don't you think she has to do something at Elimination Chamber, which is in Las Vegas? Yeah. I, I do. I do. Um, she, like she, she's not going to wrestle. I'm sure. I'm sure she won't have a match yet. But like, she has to. She has to appear, doesn't she? Even if she, even if she like
1: attacks somebody on the ramp on the way down, or but she can't do that either because Shayna Baszler is kind of running with that gimmick in NXT. So like, she can't come in and do the same thing. But I agree that she has to be involved in some in some way. I don't think they're going to throw her in the elimination chamber, but I don't think they announced the spots either. So we'll see. But if she does have to be involved in some way. I agree. SGG, do you have a we, – last week for the first time in maybe a year, we skipped the Black Power ranking. Oh, my goodness. I, You know what? I didn't even realize that. And this is going to be the first cheap heat of February by the tonight? time
0: people listen to this. Oh, of course I uh, have tomorrow, some today. Right? Do, you have, do you have a special? Of course I have some All right. Today. Well, then uh, let's do it right now. I'm
1: uh, Black Y'all and I'm Black Y'all. And I'm blacker than black and I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And,
0: and I'm blacker than black and I'm black, y'all. I'm black black, blacker than black, black. So I'm blacker than black, yo. Because I'm black and I'm black. Yo, and I'm black
1: um, I'm and gonna, I'm black, y'all. In number three, first I'm going to give an honorable mention to Um von Dudley, one half of the Dudley boys. We forgot to mention this amidst all the... The chaos of, of the Royal Rumble and the fallout from Ronda Rousey showing up. But the Dudley boys are going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, so I'm going to give an honorable mention to to Devon Dudley. Um, and in a number three, I'm going to throw in uh, Jacqueline. Um, she came back looking exactly like she did when she left, which is... It's not that crazy, black don't crack, but it was amazing to see her still be able to come back and and work that style and be a part of this historic night for um, for the
0: women in the WWE. SGG, I'm going to agree and disagree. I thought in the ring she still looked good. I think physically she looked a bit different. I, I don't know if I don't know if she's the glowing example of black don't crack that is so often true. <laughs> I think there's a slight I'm crack. I'm going to give it to her. I, there's a sl-
1: slight crack. Did, all right, a slight, slight crack, slight crack. Hit that number two, and at number two is Ember Moon. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like I said, that match felt a little clunky in the arena, but if you watch it back, I promise you it aged better, even a couple of days later. Um, it, They told a, a very good story, her and Shayna Baszler, and – um. For her, Ember Moon, she also got to participate in the Women's Royal Rumble and um, performed really well there. So, she comes in at number two um, in the Black Power Rankings. Um, This next pick, before we get to number one, is not an honorable mention, but a historic Black Power Ranking recognition in honor of it being February. Um, And I'm going to give it to a name that most people probably haven't heard before. Um... Ethel Johnson, who she has the distinction of being the first black female pro wrestler. And I thought with this being the same weekend as the Women's Rumble, um, if there was as good a time as any to recognize one of the pioneers of women's wrestling, more more specifically like an unsung pioneer, but perfect for the rankings, I would give it to um, Ethel Johnson. Um, So she's coming in. As a historical black power pick. And in at number one. Velveteen Dream. Because. I mean. I I agree with you. That there were some spots. In uh, the Cassius Ono match. That felt clunky. But to me. Um, Velveteen Dream. And Cassius Ono. I think they told a really. A really great story. I liked him coming out. Um, With the boxing gimmick. I like that he knocked Cash Sono out um, at the beginning of the match and then tried to, they, Cash Sono spent the rest of the match trying to knock him out with the elbow. Um, All of it for me was really entertaining, really fun, and I enjoyed the match a lot. So, Velveteen Dream is going in at the top of uh, the first Black History Month edition. Of the Black Power Rankings.
0: All right, SGG, I appreciate that Black Power Rankings. Got to tell you, a little surprise. No shout out for Jonathan Coachman, who makes his return, or even a shout out to Booker T, who ends his, uh, I guess, fill in run that he'd been doing there. Because if you think about it, Booker T took over when David Otunga left Monday Night Raw to, to film something. Um, so, anyways, but shout out to Jonathan Coachman, the coach back on Raw. And I got to tell you, I enjoyed it. I thought he sounded good. Curious how you guys felt at Rosenberg Radio, at Stack Guy Greg. That'll do it for cheap heat. I, pr- I appreciate you guys sticking with us. I'm in Minneapolis right now, so the studio situation was not ideal. We're using phones and things of that nature. But uh next week, back in studio and all that. Rosenberg Radio, Stack Guy Greg on the Twitter, Beats at gmail.com. You want to email me directly. Um, we'll be back next week with a lot more to get to, including some more on the Mix Mac challenge, which we didn't get to, including the budding romance between Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman. Oh, and do remember, um, stay mage.